Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now. Optional practice today for Edmonton and our 17 total skaters on the ice, including all three goaltenders, Mike Smith. Might talk a little about the goaltending topic with our next guest, Elliot Freeman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, Elliot's appearance is brought to you every Friday by Mid-City Construction Management, providing you with the highest quality and most cost-effective solutions in the safest way possible. Visit mid-city.ca. From the NHL Board of Governors meetings, we welcome back to the show, Elliot Friedman. Hello, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Were you able to split the atom down there, or what's happening? Uh, the atom is still unsplit, I would tell you. That, that would be what I could definitely tell you. It's definitely unsplit. Uh, tell me this. Um, I know that there was certainly, I, I, I guess, what do you take out of it? First of all, we should explain, not every organization, was some of this done via Zoom? How did this all work out uh, down in uh, Florida? No, I, I, I believe every organization was represented. Okay. Um, but what happened was... Um, they, I, I think that they were cut down though. Like, um, you know, normally they'd have larger delegations. I think they basically said, we don't want a ton of people here. So the delegations were smaller than they might've been normally. Okay. Uh, what's the biggest thing that you got out of the last couple of days? Well, I think it depends on what your 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 biggest interest is. I I think today it was it was interesting to hear that um, you know the league believes that depending on what the quarantine rules are in China, the players may not be that excited in going. And you know I do think that's one of the things the Players Association has been trying to determine this week. We had a situation where Robin Leonard said that it wasn't for him. I think people understand that. I don't think anybody has a problem. With Leonard saying that, but after that, I think the Players Association were canvassing their members to see, you know, how many of us believe that, and how many of people are in a similar boat, and you know, basically what the we're waiting for what's called the IOC playbook, and basically what it is, it's a manual that explains to everybody involved how the Olympics are going to work, 
And if, as rumored, it's a three-week quarantine for a positive test and you cannot leave China, um, it, it definitely sounds to me like the NHL believes the players won't want to go. We'll see, but that was, you know, I, I know the Olympics mean a lot for fans. And we certainly were left with that impression today. Oh, I would suggest to you that there is a fair amount of uh, listeners, as an example, fans to this show that don't think that there should be an Olympics in China for lots of different reasons, right? That that might be true. I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of pressing questions here. Yes. I would say this, that, you know, (laughs) what I would say about the Olympics and the athletes involved is that you, unless you are good enough to qualify for the Olympics, you probably don't have a true understanding Fair comment. of how much it means to be an Olympian. And I know that there's NHL players, and I know there's athletes in other events who sit here and say, yeah, I'm not crazy about COVID. I'm certainly not happy with the human rights issues, but this could be my one chance to compete. And, you know, when you've dedicated your life to that, Yep. You know, for a lot of us who haven't, it's hard. No, no kidding. Absolutely. Uh, Elliot Freeman joining us from NHL Hockey on Rogers for Mid-City Construction. Elliot, did you see the uh, Forbes report on the NHL uh, team valuations? I've seen it. I really haven't looked through it. Okay. Uh, Edmonton was valued at $1.1 billion with a 100% increase over the last calendar year, the seventh most valuable franchise in the league, which I think it doesn't surprise you uh, because you know what kind of market Edmonton is. Does, it outkicks its coverage based on – it's just interesting that uh, three of the top seven uh, franchises in terms of values in the National Hockey League reside in Canada, and the third one isn't Vancouver. It's Edmonton. So, uh, but, well, first of all, I don't think – I don't think anybody would be surprised with that from a Canadian point of view. I mean, these teams are the big uh, financial powerhouses. However, I mean, I don't know why anybody would be surprised by Edmonton. Ever since you switched from the old arena to the new one, you know, you guys have become a revenue powerhouse. And And if you're surprised by that, you simply haven't been paying attention. Right. And I mean, obviously, they have two of the best players in the world. They've got a good one of the reasons that uh, Forbes listed was uh, media, where Edmonton scores in terms of media revenue that comes in, It's which is Sportsnet and, and do, you know, chorus as well in terms of radio rights and stuff like that all gets factored in. Where I'm going with this is Gary Bettman today presented a fairly, would you say, was bullish outlook for the league finan- uh, financially speaking? Um, I would say yes, uh, but you, I think you have to be, uh, I think you have to expect that. Um, you know, like, that's the one thing, like, I know people today were upset about some of the comments about Arizona. Like, I think you have to understand who it is we're dealing with and, um, you know, what his history is. No matter what is going on, Gary Bettman is going to paint a positive financial picture of the league and you know i do think it's it sounds like especially with the two u.s tv deals they're coming out of covid and it looks like they're going to be okay even though attendance isn't yet where i think all of us would hope right it is going to be and you know i, I think the thing that was most newsworthy today is i kind of thought there was a situation in sort of other agents and, and teams where the cap might not go up until the end of the CBA, which is still 
you know, four years after this one. Well, they seem to paint a picture where the cap could go up two years after this one. And that's good news for the league, especially if that does happen. Um, look, like, there's a lot of people struggling post-COVID, and everyone's trying to make a comeback. And it's good news for them that they seem to believe that their revenues are going to be above post-COVID numbers, pre-COVID numbers. Elliot Edmonton plays Carolina tomorrow. Not going to be easy. The Oilers on a four-game losing streak. Uh, Mike Smith on the ice today for Edmonton. Outside chance we could see Smith and Duncan Keith back, maybe as early as by the end of next week. But uh, you wrote in your 32 thoughts about Ethan Bear's positive COVID test and then also yeah. some thoughts on Tony D'Angelo and Brett Pesci. Can you explain why these situations are different to our listeners? Well, I think the thing is is that when Ethan Bear tested positive, to play in Canada, um, the current protocols are 14 days after your positive test. So Ethan Bear, with the 15th day was yesterday, uh, or was a couple, yesterday, or, sorry, it was a couple days ago. I think it was Tuesday. So he was clear to come to Canada and play on this trip. However, Brett Pesci and Tony D'Angelo even though they've cleared NHL protocol, at least in terms of returning to their teams, the NHL wouldn't allow them to cross the border. Or they, I don't know if it was the NHL or the Canadian government. I know they appeal, appealed to the NHL for help, um, and they were said no, they couldn't. So even though those guys are allowed to break protocol and skate, if they were playing in the U.S., they'd be allowed to play, but they couldn't bring D'Angelo and Pesci into Canada. And... Um, you know, so they play in Minnesota next week. I think it's on Monday or Tuesday. They'll be able to rejoin them there, but they won't be able to play here. Like someone was pointing out to me, you know, uh, like I, Cody CC was in protocol, right, for a bit. Was he in there? Yes, he was. Yeah. So Cody CC was able to play last night, uh, despite um, you know not being uh, 14 days because he didn't have to cross the border. And because of the border, Carolina had to have a couple of guys get held out of this trip. While if you don't cross the border, you were able to come back a little bit sooner. And I know they appealed to have it changed. They could bring those guys on the trip, but it was denied for them. All right. Uh, also in 32, the thoughts this week. Uh, Jake DeBrus scored a, a goal last night. On a, yes, he did. On an interesting uh, sequence, to say the least. Um, <laughs> given the fact that Connor Yamamoto stepped on a stick and could have maybe been called a trip, but he got a nice goal. It was a great moment for Louis DeBrusque. Uh, what are you hearing on Jake DeBrusque, given the fact that he's made a trade request? Well, I think the, the, the Bruins were clearly not happy the request in uh, public, but that's the way it is. We got good reporters in this league, and we're very nosy. Um, however, and I think the Bruins have made a commitment to try it. Like, like I don't think they're saying, no, it's not going to happen. I think they're trying to facilitate it and make it work. But they've made it very clear that they're not just going to give them away. And they're not looking for a goalie, especially with Rask on the horizon. But they are looking for the best defenseman or forward they can find. Apparently, they've told teams they're willing to take a chance on a younger player. But they expect a good player in return or a good package in return because they are telling teams that even though it's not working right now, they do value DeBrusque as a player. So that's kind of where we are. I think there's a lot of interest, but I think the Bruins aren't going to make it easy. Some pretty uh, significant moves already in management. Jeff Gordon is in Montreal. Uh, 
they got a lot of high price wingers. Okay, Gallagher's at yes. six and a half times six. Anderson's uh, yes. love Josh Anderson. Toffoli's a little cheaper. Yes. Any chance one of those three? And less term. And less term. Any chance one of those guys might end up in play, given the fact that they might be on the precipice? Uh, I mean, right now they have no real power play quarterback. Uh, Jeff Petrie, unfortunately, hasn't been the same. They've been using uh, Weidman during the course of the season on yeah. the power play. Are you hearing anything at all about uh, maybe Montreal being prepared to maybe move someone along? I think that's. I think that will be true. I think Jeff Gordon, like one of the things I think Jeff Gordon's doing right now is he's, you know, like this has been a nightmare season for them, and they've lost, lost a huge part of their identity with the changes. And now I think the question becomes, what else do they do? And I think they're going to ask the players and the agents, who else is happy or not happy there? But the other guy I wonder about is Petrie, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, like I can see a lot of teams being interested in a guy like him. Sherratt, uh, he's a USA at the end of this year. You know, you mentioned three guys up there. Um, I think the biggest question is for guys like Gallagher and and Anderson are term. But to Foley, you know, his term's not too bad. He's at a good low number. Um, I think there would definitely be interest in some of these guys. And I think it just comes down to what, what direction Montreal wants to go in. How quickly, I mean, Jim Rutherford made a lot of trades in Pittsburgh. You had it uh, days in advance that Rutherford was in the mix in Vancouver before they made it official. How quickly do you think before he gets wheeling and dealing in Vancouver? Well, they're making changes to their front office today. Uh, one of their assistant GMs and another member of the organization, uh, well, Chris Gayer was the assistant GM, and Jonathan Wall, who's been in that organization for a long time. They were let go today, unfortunately. You know, it's a it's a great game, but sometimes it's a crappy business, Bob. And I was very sad to see that for those people. Um, so there's changes already coming. I do think Rutherford... It's not going to be like when he was in Pittsburgh because they were trying to win a cup every year. I think that in Vancouver, while they still want to move towards winning, I think they have to kind of figure out what the problems are there. But Jim Rutherford doesn't show up just to sit around. And I think he will be engaged. I think he will try to fight in the market for some of those players. And I don't think anybody should be surprised if Vancouver makes some changes. Philadelphia is in a world of hurt. They fired Elaine Vigneault yes, earlier. They are. In, earlier in the week, are we looking at a move there with maybe uh, the next thing that occurs is maybe a player gets tra- I mean, they made a pretty big move in the off season uh, when they traded. Yes, they did. Right? They got Atkinson in that uh, trade for Voracek. Just your thoughts on what, not to mention the Ryan Ellis trade, which in fairness to Philadelphia, he's been hurt. That's been a big loss for them. But uh, they, would, they yes, wouldn't do something crazy, would too. they? Would they trade Provorov? Um, I think what I think what's going to happen, I think the biggest thing with Kovarov is I can see them saying, we have to get Ellis some time with them to see what we really have here. But the one thing I think they are doing, Bob, is they're deciding if it's time and they try something else entirely. Like they did make some moves, as you said, Ellis, Atkinson, Bristolainen. Uh, but I wonder if they're considering more. Like, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that the goalies would have been much improved and this is where they would be, I wouldn't have believed it. But, you know, that's where we are. Like, Carter Hart had a nightmare start the first game of the season against Vancouver. And then after that, he was very good. Jones has been pretty good. Although lately, I think under the pressure of it all, they've kind of all fallen back again. And 
I just am amazed by this, and I think the Flyers, and you know Fletcher, he's patient. He didn't fire Vino until he felt he absolutely had to, but I think they're I, I think they're considering even bigger changes on their personnel. Elliot Freeman for Mid-City Construction from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Elliot, the Dallas goaltending situation, is there any chance Bishop can play this season? And what's the likelihood that Hudobin finishes year in Dallas? I think the likelihood that Hudobin finishes in Dallas is less and less. I think they're trying to move him out there. Um, I, I, I think that... Uh, I, I, they are definitely gauging his interest. I think the thing is, is that, you know, they have Ottinger and they have Hornby, or Holtby, excuse me. I, they don't necessarily need Hudobin anymore. He's got another year under contract, so I think they're trying to see if they can move him. You know, the Bishop thing, I'm really rooting for him, Bob. I had heard before the season that he was never going to play again. Nobody would confirm that, but it was certainly a feeling out there. And I think this is all his push to try. And, you know, it it goes to what we talked about before about Olympians and how badly they want to play. When you're an elite level athlete, you know, for most of them, there's only so long you get to play. And you hold on to that for as long as you possibly can. And that's what Ben Bishop's doing. You know, he, he's getting paid to play. He loves to play. He wants to try again because he loves the game. And I think it's always like, you know, you want to try for your team and your teammates. And that's what this is. I, I, like, I don't think the stars are counting on it. And I don't even think some of Bishop's friends are counting on it. But he wants to try, and no one's going to stand in his way to try. Elliot, I got to say it, and it might make me sound like an old-school redneck. I, I had no problem at all with what Jason Spezza did for the Maple Leafs. The Leafs have been criticized for not having enough bite. Uh, they went out, you yeah. know, they, they signed Gabriel in the offseason, ended up putting him on, on waivers. Then they uh, turned around and, uh, you know, grabbed a guy in Clifford out of St. Louis. They got Simmons. That team's not taking it. They got Nick Ritchie who can do it, too. That team's not taking any prisoners. And Spezza responded defending his teammate, and it was a nasty, ugly, mean-spirited play. And I got zero problem with it. I got got to tell you, I don't have a problem with it. And, you know, Pionk, hey, he's a good defenseman. He'd be playing in the Oilers' top four, but he plays on the edge sometimes. And so sometimes you get it. He got it in that situation. How's that all playing out in Toronto when you were there? Oh, like the fans here were defending Spezza. They wanted to have a parade for him. And, you know, that's fine. And the Winnipeg people were like, he's a killer. And he deserves, like, the electric chair. And that's fine. Like, that's life. Um, You know, I I was a little bit surprised because he's never had a history before. Uh That surprised me. Um, You know, I will say this. I know that there were some teams that felt, and they told me, that the thing that bothered them the most about it, Bob, was that there were consequences to Spezza, and they were public. There were consequences to Pionk, and they were public, but there there were no consequences, at least publicly, to the officials, and that bothers them. So why does everybody else the consequences oh. public, and we don't know what they were told? Yeah. Oh, man. One day we'll have a separate... You'd be amazed what gets said during... Well, actually, you wouldn't be, because you know. You know what gets said during the court. That's hey, it happens on the ice. Whatever, it's all good. There needs to be more consequences for the officials. I'm with you on that. And Elliot, there's got to be consequences on this show. Congratulations <laughs> to to the Purple Ponies for winning the Vanier Cup last week. Uh, it's a rare time that I would ch- uh, cheer for the Saskatchewan Huskies. 
but the Western got it done. They deserve the Vanier Cup. I was watching Alabama and Georgia. I wasn't watching uh, your Purple Ponies. But, hey, they're back on top where they've been often over the years as the uh, best football program at the college level in Canada. Congratulations, my man. Well, thanks. It was. It was. But the one thing I want to say is that was a hell of a football game. Like, it doesn't matter if you, if you like football, you like that game. Like that Saskatchewan team, they were good, and I'm happy we won. But I love that it was a great game. Awesome stuff, Elliot. Safe travels back to Teal. All right, take care, Bob. Be well, bud. You bet. That is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers, brought to you by Mid-City Construction, providing you with the highest quality and most cost-effective solutions in the safest way possible. Visit midcity-ca. And some guests and orders now receive certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roost Chris Steakhouse. You can tell Brendan, Chris, and Taylor that orders now sent you. We will uh, take a quick timeout, come back with the Orders Now injury report, and get to some of your texts as well. This is Orders Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. For you Oilers fans out there, if you're looking for a great road trip, you can join New West Travel on a four-night roadie to Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, to, the, to see the Oilers play the Predators. This package includes exclusive non-stop flights with Flair Airlines, four nights in a deluxe hotel, a great game ticket, and a welcome reception with special guests, all for $1,750. Join the Nashville road trip. Call New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or go online at newwesttravel.com. Uh, into... The Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Here is Brendan Escott. Well, the only update so far on Chris Russell came post-game, and it said that he's got an upper body injury. It certainly looked on the play to be a shoulder or collarbone, if I may play doctor. Uh, we'll see if there is an update later this afternoon. We just got on one. Just, we just got one? Yeah, just uh, Reed Wilkins four minutes ago on Twitter. Dave Tippett says Duncan Keith and uh, Mike Smith are getting closer, though neither will play tomorrow. Chris Russell is getting some tests today, but will likely miss at least a week. If he misses a week, Edmonton could put him on IR and bring a guy like Broberg back. So continue forward, Brendan. There you go. The only other thing, I think we missed this yesterday, but uh, somebody that plays sh- uh, shotgun, ride shotgun to Sidney Crosby, that is Jake Gunsel. Uh, he is out uh, week to week with an upper body injury of his own. That's a, a significant loss. I got a little bit of a reverb here right now. Brendan, yeah, it's a big loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who uh, Pittsburgh and Boston have been so good for so long, you wonder how this is going to play out over the next couple of years here. That, to me, would be uh, a very interesting situation. Gunsel's one of those younger guys uh, that we'll have to wait and see. Let's get to some text. we got about two minutes to bang off. Some Mike says, Bob, is there any chance we see Warren Fogle in the top six and Yamamoto in the bottom six? Hyman can play right wing. I just wonder if Hyman's more comfortable on the left side, but fair question. Um, Again, you can text us. Isn't the entire point that the Canes don't care about people? They just care if their team gets better, hence why they traded for Bear. Well, they traded for Bear because they had an opportunity to get a right-shot puck mover, and uh, Bear has good analytics. 
and the organizations both went out and got something they felt they needed. The owners felt they needed to get heavier and better up front. Uh, especially come playoff time. Uh, Ethan Bear had a tough playoff run against the Winnipeg Jets. That said, Bear had a tremendous 1920 campaign. I don't think he was as good in, as good in 2021. He also had some concussion challenges, so it, it happens. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, would you rather have Bunting at 950000 or Hyman at $5 million because they both have the same point total? The, you know what? The Leafs fans are going to mention Bunting has been a good fit. For Toronto, I can tell you right now that Zach Hyman has been the most impactful free agent or player acquired by a trade for Edmonton in the last 14 years. Okay, that's my impression. Doesn't mean you have to agree with me. That's the beauty of this show. Bob, what are your thoughts on upgrading on Cassian? Uh, like the guy when he walks the edge, but he needs to show up more often. That one comes to us from Todd. Um, I, You know what? The part you said where he says, uh, like the guy when he walks on the edge, but needs to show up more often. I think Zach feels like if he plays on the edge, he ends up in the box. I don't want to speak for him on that front, but the bottom line is uh, the owners need more out of Zach Cassian. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. We'll take a timeout here, head off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. Mark Spector up next for the horses and horse racing Alberta live standard bread racing tonight at Century Mile post time 615 to Eileen with a global news, weather, traffic update. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.